You're listening to a local church podcast hosted by my dad, Pastor Ryan Markham. Be sure to leave a review and share this resource. Love God, love people, make disciples. Good morning. Last week, we began our series and looking at our church covenant uh, last week. Does anybody remember the word that we were looking at last week? Gather. We will gather as a church. We will gather worship God to encourage one another. We will gather because of the object of our faith, Jesus Christ. Uh, this morning, we're going to look at grow. So we will grow. I want to read our covenant paragraph for grow. It says this. Look at that. That's perfect. It's perfect. We will grow in our capacity to love God and love people alongside Christian brothers and sisters, being continuously transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. As we devote ourselves to spiritual disciplines such as Bible intake, family worship, prayer, fasting, discipleship, evangelism, confession, accountability, and humble repentance. So we will gather, but we will also grow or seek to grow. The Bible commands believers in Scripture, 2 Peter 3, to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to kind of stop there before we read our main passage. I've coached a lot of sports uh, in my time, in my day. And there are athletes that come and go, depending on the sport, Some athletes are physically fit. They're ready to go. Some athletes are very athletic. They can do things as you ask them to do things without even thinking about it. They just go for it. Some athletes come on the court and they have no skill whatsoever, zero skill. But they get on the court or they get on the field and they begin to shine. Oftentimes in in sports, it has nothing to do with the ability. It has a lot to do with the heart of the individual playing that sport. As we gather together, as we seek to grow together, as we seek to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it has a lot more to do about your heart than it does about your outward ability or the resources that you have or the last name that you carry. It has to do with the heart. Over and over and over we see in Scripture that God looks at the heart of men and women more than He looks on the outside. Does that make sense? So this morning, as we think about growing spiritually, we call it spiritual growth, maturing in the faith, things like that. As we think about what it means to grow, we're going to look at a parable of Jesus. There is no greater teacher than Jesus. There is no greater commentary than Jesus. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning. He talks about the parable of the sower, the farmer, the one who walks out and throws the seed out. He spreads the seed out all around. And then there's four types of soil that the seed falls on. And so in the context of growing, I want you to think about this question. How is my heart today? How is my heart today? Is my heart open to the Word of God? Is my heart open to the things of God? Is my heart open to Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ? How is your heart today? So turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Stand with me as we continue to worship, as we read and hear the Word of God. Matthew 13, starting in verse 1. 
Matthew 13, starting in verse 1. The Word of God says this. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning. We thank you for a time to gather to worship, a time to gather to encourage one another, a time to gather to focus on the object of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. God, I pray that as we look at this parable this morning, our hearts would be opened, that we would see and we would hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that we would apply it to our lives as we leave this place so that we could be the hands and feet wherever we go. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are several discourses in the book of Matthew. This is the, one of the sections where Jesus begins to speak in many parables concerning the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Jesus came and said, repent and turn, the kingdom is near. And so Jesus begins to teach the crowds, the multitudes, even the Pharisees in parables. And he says, I teach them because they, they hear, they don't hear it. They, they see, but they don't really see it. They don't really get it. The, the believers, the unbelieving, sorry, the unbelieving Pharisees would listen to the words of Jesus and not understand it. The crowds would come for the miracles and they would hear the teachings of Jesus and, and they wouldn't understand it. And so Jesus began to speak in parables so that they could make the application themselves. A parable is a, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's, they're beautiful. And Jesus begins to touch. Jesus isn't the only one that spoke in parables. Many of the, the rabbis, the leaders, the teachers of that day would speak in parables. It's easier to grasp. 
The kingdom of heaven is about Jesus Christ being the king and Lord over the kingdom. The kingdom that God has ushered in from the beginning, Genesis 3.15, there's one coming who's going to crush the serpent. The serpent who tripped up Adam and Eve to sin and fall, right? From that moment on, all the way up to Jesus' day, the kingdom of heaven has been advancing. It's been proclaimed. It's been shouted about. It's been taught about. John the Baptist comes and says, repent, believe, turn from sin, turn to God. And Jesus comes on the scene and he says the exact same thing. Repent, believe, believe in the good news is what he's talking about. So what is the good news? We have to get this before we understand this parable. The good news is this, that God created man and woman. He created everything good. He created humanity to be in relationship with Him. The serpent, Satan, comes along and he deceives Adam and Eve. Did God really tell you not to eat of this tree? Did God really say you'll die? Surely you won't die. He takes the Word of God, He twists it, He deceives Adam and Eve. They take of the fruit and they eat. There's separation between now humankind, humankind, mankind, and God. Sin separates our relationship with the holy God. God is holy. He cannot be around sin. You understand? We got, we're tracking that so far. And so man is left in a hopeless state. But God doesn't leave us in a hopeless state. He says, I'm going to send one who's going to come to fix all the wrong, to fix all the brokenness. The problem with humanity is we search for anything and everything to fix the brokenness in our life. For some it may be alcohol. For some it may be drugs. For some it may be uh, pornography. For some it may be money. For some it may be uh, all, any and all kinds of relationships you can think about. There's only one thing that can fix the brokenness of humanity. It's not the President of the United States. It's Jesus Christ. And God said, I have sent my Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. The question this morning is, again, how is your heart? The gospel is the background of this parable. Jesus is the sower. The seed is the good news about Jesus Christ. And he talks about four types of soil. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to use the words that Jesus gives as commentary to understand each soil. Does that make sense? Who's ready to go? Here we go. Number one. The soil on the path. Look at verse 4 of our main text. We'll start in verse 3 and then we'll get to 4. Verse 3, He told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. Now, if you were to keep reading through this uh, section, there are many other parables concerning the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. right? And Jesus is teaching the hearers about the kingdom of heaven. But this is the, the four types of soil, the four types of hearts that hear the good news. The first one is the soil on the path. Look at verse 4. And he sowed, the sower sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. The idea here is that there is a path. You ever seen a path in a field? About maybe you had cows, and they walk the same path every day to water. They walk the same path to go back to eat. They walk the same path to go out the pasture. They walk the same path. What happens to the path? There's no grass, right? It's just dirt. It's just really hard, compacted dirt. The more you walk on the path, the harder it is for anything to grow on that path. And so this is the path he's talking about. It's describing the hearts of those whose hearts are hardened. Does it make sense? 
Paths are hard. The heart of the hardened heart is hard. We think about the unbelieving Pharisee that would be in the crowd. They have Jesus who is fully God and fully man. They are face to face with the Son of God. They hear Him teaching and their hearts are hardened. How is your heart today? Is your heart hardened to the things of God? Are you here just going through the motions? Listen to Jesus' commentary on what he just taught. Look at verse 18 and 19. We didn't read this in our main text, but I want you to go down. Chapter 13, verse 18 and 19. Jesus begins to explain what he's talking about. Not only did he teach them, he now explains it to them, the whole crowd. Verse 18, Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the gospel, the good news, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. The soil on the path represents those who never really hear the word of God. Oh, you may be sitting here this morning listening to a guy talk pretty loud and fast sometimes. But there are those who are here whose hearts aren't open to what is said. You can sing all the songs and the hymns, but is your heart open to the words that you're singing? Jesus is describing this person. The Word of God, particularly the Gospel, must be heard and understood. The evil one here is Satan. One of his schemes is to keep men and women from understanding the gospel. A hardened heart that keeps men and women from hearing the gospel, from taking it deep and pondering it, meditating on it, from asking questions about it. Again, the question, how is your heart? The heart represents the total person. The good news, the kingdom of God, the things of God. When a person hardens his or her heart, it's as if he or she is ignoring, rejecting, or even walking away from the gracious gift of salvation from God. Is your heart okay this morning? Is your heart hardened and closed to the things of God this morning? Think about what you speak about throughout the week. The Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks what do you talk about most? What do you think about most? As you come to church, do you talk about all the things you don't like? Or do you talk about gathering and growing in knowledge and faith of Jesus Christ? Number two, the soil on rocky ground or the, the heart that is rocky. <laughs> the eye of the tiger just came up in my head. Don't think about the eye of the tiger. Look at verse 5 and 6. The soil on the rocky ground. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. They immediately sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. The rocky ground represents a shallow soil. There's soil around rocks, but if you try to plant anything with rocky soil, it, it might grow pretty quickly, but as soon as the sun comes out, it withers and dies and kind of fades away. This represents the heart 
of the one who starts off really, really strong. We've seen people come to church, they come to faith in Christ, they, they say, I love Jesus, I want to follow Jesus. They, they get involved really fast, but as soon as life gets tough, they'll fall away and wither away. What is your heart like this morning? <laughs> Jesus explains it in verse 20 and 21. As for what was sown on rocky ground... This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. The rocky soil starts off like a rocket <laughs> and they are on fire. They seem as if they're sold out for Christ. But as soon as they go out into the world and are challenged by their faith, they wither and they fall away. Why? Jesus says it's because of their roots. <laughs> See, we can be outwardly on fire for Christ. You may be involved in every ministry here at Mount Moriah Baptist Church, but how deep are your roots going? Is it only a Sunday-Wednesday thing? Or are you impacted by Christ throughout Monday through Saturday? When you go to work, do people know that person, that he or she, loves Jesus? They are real. <laughs> they are not only on fire, but they are the real deal. They follow Christ in every decision that they make. They follow Christ in every opportunity that they can. That no matter what arises, no matter what the news says, they're following Jesus. The rocky soil looks good on the outside. But the heart of the rocky soil isn't changed. And when the storms of life come, they begin to blame God and fall away. Notice what Jesus says. It's not a slow fade. It's not a gradual drift. He says the rocky heart immediately falls away. As soon as life gets tough, if my faith isn't rooted and grounded in Christ, I will fall away. Does that make sense? I want to ask you again, <laughs> How is your heart? How deep do your roots go? Are you only here for tradition's sake? Or are you here to be rooted and grounded in Christ for the rest of the week? Not just a Sunday thing. It's a daily grind to follow Christ. Day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. It's not just a Sunday thing. It is a daily, daily moment of taking up my cross and following Christ. No matter what other people say in my life. No matter what my employer says or would have me do, I follow Christ. No matter what my neighborhood looks like, I follow Christ. No matter what the popular crowd is doing, I follow who? Christ. 
Is there depth to your walk in Christ? Number three, the soil among thorns. The soil among thorns. Look at verse 7. Other seeds fell among thorns, and they, uh, the thorns grew up and choked them. This is a graphic sentence. As seeds continue to fall from the sower's hand, the seeds fell among these thorns that Jesus is talking about. The seeds began to grow and were soon choked out by the thistles or the, the competing of the thorns around them. Look at the commentary that Jesus gives. Verse 22. These seeds, they were in fertile ground. They were growing. But there were also thorns among this ground. And they were competing for the sunlight. They were competing for the water, the, the nutrients. Verse 22. As for what was sown among thorns... This is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. When any farmer plants, he's hoping for a harvest, for a fruitful harvest, for, for something to be grown and to be used or eaten or sold. Uh, there'd be profit there. Is there fruitfulness to your walk with Christ? Jesus is talking about the, the good news, the kingdom of God, the, the seed that has been sown out to the world. There's some fruitfulness expected from it. When I come to church and I hear the word of God, I read the word of God, I think about it, I meditate on it throughout the week. There is fruitfulness from following Christ, from being obedient to the word. And he's saying the one who hears the word is like the one here in the thorns who hears it, but it's choked out by the things of the world. Are there things competing for your time? Yes. We often say, I don't have enough time in my day to read the Bible. I'm so busy. There's so much, so many things going on. I just don't have time to go to church this week. I've got to get my house ready. Family's coming over. Visitors are coming. I've got to prepare a meal. I'm not going to go to church because this is more important. The, the question that we started with is, how is your heart? See, the Word of God is somewhat rooted here. This seed is actually growing. But this heart leaves room for other things. It isn't a heart devoted solely to Christ. Maybe my foot is in, in the Jesus circle. Yeah, I like Jesus. Jesus is cool on Sunday when everybody else is kind of going to church. But when Monday rolls around, those are the things that I really want to pay attention to more than Jesus. See, there's other things that are way more important. See, my paycheck is way bigger than Christ. You see, Pastor, if you only knew... There are other things in my life that are more important than Jesus. Does that sound weird for somebody to say that out loud? Say yes, please. It's weird when you talk about it. Pastor, lunch is way more important than Jesus. A clean house is way more important than Jesus. My relationships with my significant other is more important than Jesus. Pastor, if you only, my kid, have you seen my kids? They're awesome. And they're so athletic. 
They're so smart and brilliant. They're more important than Jesus. Those are the kinds of things. We may not say it out loud vocally. It sounds weird when we do it, right? You should say, yeah, that, Pastor, you're crazy. You're off your rocker right now. But the actions of our life speak that in volumes. See, Pastor, I, I go on vacation. And, and that's time that I need with my family. That's some me time. We're not going to go to church. Because Jesus would be way more concerned about how relaxed I am. What is challenging your heart right now? What is trying to take precedent over Christ right now in your heart? Is your heart divided? Yeah, I like Jesus, but I'm going to put him in this little box in my heart because there's other boxes that, that are bigger. And they're way more important. Out of all the things I've just talked about, are any of those things eternal? Will any of those things last forever? Christ does. Christ is. Christ will. All the other things are going to fade away. All the other things, in comparison to Christ, are not important. How is your heart this morning? The cares of this world and the riches of this world choke out the Word of God in this heart. There are many things that are going to compete for your time, for your energy, for your effort, for your finances. Christ is more important. Number four, the good soil. Everybody say yes. Pastor, I'm tired of getting stepped on. I want to hear about the good soil. And Jesus begins to talk about the good soil in verse 8. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. The last soil here is fertile. The last soil here, the, the, the seed begins to grow and produce some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The fruitful heart, the, the heart that is open to the things of God is fruitful. This is a heart that not only hears the good news, they respond to it. They bear fruit from it. Jesus gives the commentary or the explanation in verse 23. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case, a hundred, in other, sixty, and in another, thirty. You ready? You thought this one was going to be better than the other soils, didn't you? You see this, the seed falls on good soil. It's the one who not only hears the word of God, the, the gospel, the good news, the, the, the things of God. But they bear fruit. There may be folks who have responded to Christ Jesus in a positive way and have sat for 20, 30, 40 years just resting in their membership. I'm not saying that's not okay. 
We're glad brothers and sisters attend and worship and gather. But the good soil begins to bear fruit. It doesn't matter how much you bear. Jesus says some will bear a hundredfold. Some will be 60. Some will be 30. Pastor, I don't have enough energy to do all the things that you want me to do. Bear fruit. Doesn't matter how much. Doesn't matter how little. Is there fruit from your walk with Christ? Is Christ Lord of your life? And if so, how are you following Him? How are you obeying Him? See, Jesus is talking to the crowds. He's talking to unbelieving Pharisees. He's talking to His disciples. And He says something. There's four types of soil the Word goes to. This last, this good soil begins to bear fruit. When you plant something that has seeds, what are those seeds for? Anybody? To do what with? What do you do with those seeds that come off the harvest? You what? Huh? Say it, say it louder. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, everybody say it. You do what with it though? What do you have to do with it? You got to plant it. You got to sow it again, right? You sow it again. You, you water it. You, you plant it. Everybody's like, Pastor, just give us the answer. If, if, if my crop is corn and I grow corn, do I just ignore the field after I, after I gather the harvest? Say no. <laughs> I replant, right? I replant because I want more and more and more and more. The person's heart who's open to the things of God, the person who says, I love Jesus, yay, 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 will begin to sow seed. Did you catch it? Pastor, are you saying, if I love Jesus, I'm supposed to take this seed out and sow it again? You gotta come back over here. Yes. Jesus says, some's gonna be a hundredfold. Some will take the word of God, some will take this good news, and, and a, har a huge harvest will happen. Some will, will be a little bit less, but, and then some will be less, and, but they're fruitful. The one who follows Christ sows the seed. I want to encourage you with this. There's not enough time to come and sit anymore. Do you see the world around you? It's not getting better, is it? Things that used to be right side up are now upside down. Things that used to be right are now wrong, and things that were wrong are now right. The crowd is going to win in some cases. The heart that loves Jesus, the heart that follows Jesus, will begin to sow the seed of the good news. No matter what's happening around them. You're going to talk to people who are like the path, the hardened heart. You're going to talk to people who are, are like planted among the, the rocky soil, who they start real fast and they kind of fade away. You're going to talk to people who are, who are in life and there are things competing for their heart. Are you fruitful? Are you sowing the seed? 
Are you sharing the good news? We're going to have an opportunity in the fall to do just that. There are lots of folks who are nervous and concerned about uh, us knocking on someone's door. Pastor, they're already going to church somewhere. We don't have to do that. Pastor, we're going to look just like Jehovah's Witnesses if we knock on doors. Pastor, I don't have all the answers to say to someone if they ask me a question about Jesus. Pastor, pastor, pastor. I want to be a pastor of a church that's sowing seeds. I want to be a pastor of a church that's making an impact in our community. I want to be a pastor that takes the harvest and says, okay, here's Jesus, now go do it again, and again, and again, and again. How is your heart this morning? What type of soil is your heart? I want to read a, a last paragraph. This is not my word. These are not my words. This is from a pastor. He says this. It's encouraging to hear Jesus tell us to keep sowing seed. This is also a good word for parents with rebellious children. For those whose spouses are hard-hearted toward the gospel. For those with friends and co-workers who seem apathetic to the gospel. It's also good for missionaries around the world who serve in extremely difficult areas where there seem to be no receptivity to the gospel. Jesus' message is this. Don't stop sowing the seed. There is an adversary who is at work to rip the seed from the hearts. And yes, there are pressures and persecutions and worries and even wealth to keep people from receiving the good news. Nevertheless, keep sowing the seed. Then hope and pray and trust that the Lord of the harvest will indeed bring about the fruit of the gospel. Let us keep sowing the seed here in Mount Moriah Baptist Church.